Welcome to the Servants Feast Christian Ministry Podcast with Rev. Elizabeth Moreau. Elizabeth wrote the From Call to Sent Discipleship series that includes six books and two retreats for the intellectual and spiritual development of Christians in the local church. In Elizabeth's From Called to Sent series, she often tells us there is more. Christianity is so much more than just attending church and Sunday school. The riches of our faith are beyond what we can hope or imagine. Jesus tells us that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Elizabeth passionately teaches the treasures of Christian life to the end that we grow and mature and experience an abundant life in Christ. Her reflections on topics and issues of the day always point to Jesus with the purpose of advancing his kingdom. She desires for us all to understand the deep and rich heritage we inherit from the historic and universal church. In Romans, Paul tells us, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. With this thought, let us continue our journey of transformation and renewal as Elizabeth shares her teaching through this podcast. Well, welcome. Um, It is good to be here with you today, and I appreciate you for listening in. Uh, I am running late with the podcast this week. Yes, that is correct, but I am running late on the start of this week. It's the first day of the week, and I'm already behind. There you have it. Some days or some some weeks go better than others. That seems to be um, a recent condition of mine. I'm kind of uh, overwhelmed. Got a lot to do, and um, I'm not sure how much of it is important, but it seems like there's a lot to get done, even if it is not really significant. So, um, in this frame of mind, running behind, let us start by opening with prayer, and perhaps, oh Lord, you could calm me down, slow my mind, and enable me to do this correctly. Hear my prayer, Heavenly Father. Have mercy upon me, a sinner, and save me. We ask that you open our hearts and our minds to the knowledge and love of you in Jesus Christ. Grant that we may receive your Holy Spirit for the healing of our souls. Illumine our thoughts and enliven our hearts. Teach us in this time so that we may know you in your Son, Jesus Christ, and live. These things we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, you know, um, I don't know if y'all are as bothered by this as I am, but I feel like there's just a lot going on right now, a lot of different things that are happening or whatever, and, um, and I want us... I want to, this is going to be kind of a hard podcast, I think, to, it was a hard podcast to put together because I'm using a lot of illustrations from the news and from what's going on around us, but I want to make a point about the changing of our times, and I want us to end on a note of hope and a note of purpose and destiny for us as Christians, but um, things are difficult, then, and this is a hard podcast, I guess I want to say. And I, and I know I'm not alone in my view. I think everybody can watch the news or they can watch events or they can read uh, reports and stuff like that and feel sometimes like the world has kind of gone crazy and it doesn't, I mean, you know, and who to believe, what to trust, what is right, what, you know. In the, in the midst of all that, what I want to speak to, I'm going to give us some illustrations and we're going to look at all that, but I want us to speak to the providence of God, the superiority of God, the greatness of God, the security we find in God, and uh, the promise of God for us, for the future, no matter what happens. You know, um, when we look at the world and we say it's gone crazy, I'm not talking about politics. I think politics are a symptom of what is wrong, and that includes wars. I mean, you know, like if Russia wants to bomb us with a nuclear war or some nuclear, you know, bomb or whatever, uh, it's um, 
that's a, still a symptom of a deeper problem that's just all this is going on at the same time. And I think the change is deeper and scarier and more dangerous than something superficial like politics, for example. And so I want us to be encouraged in our Christian faith. I want us to be encouraged to know that God is sufficient. In the last two podcasts, I focused on God as creator so that we could look at that and think, no matter what anybody else says, our God is the one in whom we live and move and have being, and he is big enough and great enough for all of us. I mean, we don't have to worry about what somebody says about God, and it doesn't matter if somebody else dismisses God, because you know that God is real, and you need to encounter him really in your life, and you don't need to worry about whether or not somebody has gotten rid of God. You need to realize instead that your God is very big, and I think we underestimate him all the time. Nobody can get rid of God. And so you need not to worry about that. And you need not to be afraid of the world around you. You know, a friend and I were discussing aliens. This is an example. Uh, a friend and I were discussing aliens, whether or not there were there life on other planets and, you know, intelligent life on other planets or whatever. I'm just like, well, I'm not convinced there's intelligent life on our planet right now. But anyway, uh, we were discussing that. And what would it mean for us that, you know, what does it mean wonder what their situation or anything? I was like, um, what does it mean if there's life on other planets? Nothing. It doesn't mean anything at all. Nothing. It means if we believe that God created all that is, seen and unseen, if we live in a big bang and the burst of the planets and the whole entire solar system and the universe and all that kind of stuff like that, then what it means is that if there is other life, God created that life too. Same God, same, you know, uh, same means of salvation, same Trinity, same Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't know. doesn't disprove Christian belief at all. In my mind, it doesn't have any bearing on anything. It doesn't change anything except for now we would know that there are other people in the universe that we're not alone in the universe with God. Okay? The big interest in aliens has everything to do with the absence or the, or the disbelief that God is involved in our life or that the existence of God, that he is big enough or, is, or strong enough or large enough to have created more than one planet with um, life on it, you know, intelligent life. So... When we got to this study now, right, it's premised on the fact that I believe that God is the God of all, that we have all of our life in him, and that we're not going to encounter any place where he's not. We're not going to encounter any circumstance larger than he is, you know. And um, so the title of the podcast is Hold Steady, and I want you to hold steady in your face. Stand firm. Hold steady. Don't let go. It's good. All right? Whatever we face, whatever we come, whatever comes next, don't waver. God's got this. You do not have to be afraid of this. I mean, you don't have to like it, but God's got this. There's a bigger, there's, there, there are bigger things at stake, and you need not to worry about them. I mean, you need not to worry about the smaller things, and we're gonna, I'm going to cover that a little bit more, okay? It is hard to hang on, I think, to confidence in God when there is such a cacophony of screeches going on around us. Some of them just make my hair stand on end. Um, the, the latest is forced pregnancy, and I will tell you that I can't even speak about that without being really crude, so I'm not going to do this because it's a family podcast, but I think it has a lot to do with forced pregnancy. Unless it is physically forced in rape, then it's not forced. And um, I, I, oh, 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 okay, I'm not going to say any more than that, all right? I don't know if y'all saw uh, the interview, or the, I guess it was a press conference with Greg Abbott and the, the people in Uvalde or whatever, and um, it was interrupted by Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> who comes in and he's screaming and yelling that Greg Abbott had killed all these children or something, you know? And he 
here's my opinion about that, and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm really a pro. I'm not a big fan of Greg Abbott one way or the other. But um, anyway, here's what I do know: that yelling is a way to shut down the conversation. That's a way to stop it. I had a, a professor who was brilliant when you would challenge him on something, and even if you didn't understand, and that happened to me, even if I didn't understand what I was challenging, he would start screaming at you. And I thought that was the most immature thing I'd ever seen. Do not scream at me. I'm an adult. You're an adult. Do not yell at me. Okay? And uh, But anyway, we've resorted to yelling now. That's the way we're going to stop it. Whoever can yell the loudest, whoever can scream the loudest, can, gets to win the argument. That is absolutely obscene. Anyway, so screaming, in my opinion, is the logic uh, and rationality of the ignorant. If you ask me what that does, that's what I would tell you. That is the logic and rationality of the ignorant. If you, if you don't have any sense, then just scream really loudly. It's also appallingly immature. Adults don't yell. Until now, apparently adults do yell, you know. But if you can't defend your opinion, then what you do is you stand up and you yell. Voila, you're correct because you yelled the loudest. You know, there's been a near-complete loss, in my mind, um, I think, of uh, the uh, capacity for logic, for reasoning, for skills, critical skills to think. I mean, I, I, you know, I, people say stuff, and I'm going, I can't believe you connected those two dots, because they don't belong in the same, like, page, much less together. In my last, pl- my last blog, here's an illustration of that. In my last blog, I quoted a politician who was talking about pro-life and pro-gun people, and it was an idolatry of violence. Okay, hold still. The pro-life, pro-gun is an idolatry of violence. Like, wow. Okay. I don't know how many of y'all remember the Virginia Tech shooting back in 2007. The guy went in and he killed 31 people and then he killed himself. He shot himself. Um, But uh, there was a similar shooting about the same time, which you did not hear about. And uh, in it, three people were killed. It was in a nearby college. Three people were killed. And one of them, I want to say it was Virginia University, University of Virginia, but I could be mistaken about that. But um, anyway, it was a place where, of all places, people could could carry guns. So maybe it was West Virginia. There you go. I don't know. But it was a, it, 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 the, this young man was licensed to carry or whatever, and he had a gun, and he turned around and shot the murder, and three people died. You know, the, so the three people had been shot, and then a young man with a gun shot the murderer, and it stopped it right there. Three people instead of 31. One-tenth of the death, right? You didn't hear about that because that doesn't fit the narrative of gun control, right? And I, you know, I'm not arguing for gun control here. I'm not. This is not my point. I don't know about carrying guns, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. But I do know about logic, right? And it is completely illogical to think about a crazed young man shooting innocent children, and and likening that. I don't even know how you make those connections. You know, to I mean, you know, calling that a culture of violence because that young man did that, but the 60 million abortions are not really violent. Because I'm pretty sure it was quite violent for the lives in the womb. I also, so I think it matters that knowledge is important. I mean, you've got to have, logic is good, but if you don't have enough knowledge, then whatever your logic is, then it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you can't you can't make a good argument Um you know, if you don't have any knowledge. So if we're talking about gun violence in the uh, uh, in the United States or whatever, and again, I'm just using this for an illustration. I'm not arguing for or against gun control. I am too. I'm arguing against uh, gun control. I don't think that is a good idea at all. All you're going to do is you're going to have human uh, regular citizens obeying the law as they do now, and you're going to have criminals go out and kill people. And nothing's, then you'll have no defense at all. But anyway, um, 
Keen sense the obvious. If one teacher had been in there who carried a gun and was trained and licensed to carry, could have put a stop to that young man, and 19 of the people would not have died. Um, maybe the only two, and there had been one-tenth of the death. You know, um, but anyway, one of the common things that they say about that is that because they're um, one, th it's frequently quoted. God forbid we know what we're talking about, but um, it's, it talks about the violence uh, in the United States. Um, gun violence is some of the highest in the world. That, how often do you hear that repeated? Okay, it's actually near the bottom in terms on the global scale of violence. The gun violence in the United States is really close to the bottom. Don't you don't hear that? It's not reported that way, but that's actually correct. You know, more and more. Um, I guess my point is that more and more in our society, we are living uh, people, we're living with people who are filled with immature um, ideas and opinions, and they're screaming falsehoods at us. They are both ignorant and they are arrogant, and so they scream and yell. Because you never want to confuse your opinions with facts, for example. I, you know, I don't know. I'm bothered by all the anti-Christian sentiment that I see in the world today. I mean, it's it's around you know this this mass murder in Uvalde turns into an anti-Christian thing, and how they got from one to the other it makes no sense to me. But here is all this death and destruction that I don't know how Christian could not condemn that kind of violence. But anyway, uh, the politicians were mocking Christians who prayed. The NBA did the same. There's been a lot of mockery on the media and stuff like that of Christians. And I go, okay, let me just let's just separate the two real quick, if you don't mind, uh, because like. Um, the shooting in Uvalde was horrific, and I don't think it had anything to do with Christianity at all. Anyway, I don't know. Um, there's, uh, I think that the question that we have to say is, why is, why is there all this animosity toward us? I mean, why, why now? And why, why do people care if Christians are busy praying, right? Um, why did, why, why did they want, what difference does it make if, I, if you think that Christianity is false and, I'm, and you're talking to me and, or whatever, and, and I mean, you're talking about me, and what difference does it make to you if I waste my time praying if you don't believe? Go ahead and waste your time praying. It doesn't make any difference to me. If you think it's irrelevant, why are you mocking it? Why do you need to stop it entirely? I have to tell you, I think the time is, is rapidly approaching that we're going to have to uh, think seriously about whether or not we want to be a Christian. I had a man in my class one time, and he goes, after he finished the first class, he goes, you know, I don't really want to be all that Christian. This is too much Christian for me. And uh, at least he was honest about it, and he understood. You know? I think that's a question we're going to have to face. And sooner or later, how Christian do you really want to be? You know? Um, how Christian do you want to be? You know, we've trusted for years in the in the uh, protections of the First Amendment, um, and we've trusted in the Protections of the Second Amendment as well. But the freedom of religion is being eroded around us, I mean, every day, more and more. Uh, there are lots of freedoms that we are losing right now. And uh, our children, it bothers me that our children do not even know or understand the freedoms that they have lost, that they've never experienced, and therefore they don't even know what they are. You know, what we can and cannot say in public as Christians is mocked. Yeah, that's true. But it's also being challenged. It's being called hate speech. It's being labeled as hate speech. There was a, um, I will tell you, first of all, let me explain. I do, I do not like uh, to spend a lot of time on social media. I think it's a waste of time. Uh, I try to check it once a day or once every three or four days or whatever. But um, I'm in the middle of a... Uh, Ongoing deal with my subdivision. I have the HOA from hell. Actually, I have the proper ma property management company from hell. Um, so anyway, I spent way too many hours on social media this this past week. Probably more than the last five years combined. Anyway, there's this woman who put a picture of a rainbow up there, and she said, this is a promise of God, not a symbol of pride. Now, I understand that 
that there's a conflict there of ideologies. But she posts that up there and she goes, this is a promise of God, not a, a symbol of pride, which, and it got a lot of comments. A lot of it was kind of supportive and, you know, and she was actually right. That's actually true. It is a promise of God. Uh, the rainbow, uh, scripture tells us, right? Then some other woman comes on because all these people had supported, were supportive of that coming woman. Thanks for saying, pointing that out. And as one other woman comes on, she goes, this is hateful speech. Don't you understand that God loves everyone? Which is also true, incidentally. That is also true. He does love everyone. And I think it's important to remember. But anyway, so she, thought, she says, this is a sad state of affairs when Christians are so judgmental and they are talking like this. It's 2022. Christians need to get with the program, something to that effect. I don't remember exactly. Well, you know, I didn't comment on that, okay? Um, but... I, uh, I, I, I want to point out, when I talk about knowledge being important, we need to understand hate speech and knowledge and stuff like that. You know, what, what we're seeing in American society is not advanced. I mean, I know that people think they're very advanced, but they're not. To the contrary, um, today looks very much like ancient Roman society. Did y'all know that in Rome they had sex rooms in, in every house or in most homes? They had um, sex rooms where people could go and have sex. You know, I mean, and they... Um, they, they Participated in polyamory. They partic participated in, in pederasty. Yeah, all of that. Congratulations. We've now advanced two millennia backwards. Two millennia backwards. Very proud of that, aren't we? But anyway, um, that's what that woman's talking about. We're so advanced. It's 2022. Well, you might as well be 22 AD or maybe 20, 400 years before Christ was born. Plato. Anyway, I'm not going there. And it, it, there was another post on social media, right? And uh, this woman... Somebody I know, and she made the comment that she knew that she was going to lose friends over this, or that she was afraid she was, but she thought it was time to say that our nation was founded on Christian values and Christian beliefs. And, um, you know, uh, her reference was really to a lot of the things that were going on, especially in and around Uvalde, and she didn't. She made the mistake of not saying that about the murders, okay? And so uh, the responses to her were very revealing. Apparently, our children and our grandchildren know nothing, or they're being very poorly educated, I'm just saying, because... I keep going back to this because it's important for us to understand that when you have the arrogance of the ignorant, you're in a very dangerous situation. They have no idea what they're doing, and they're making decisions that cannot possibly end well. Right? One, the, first, the first response was very standard, very unimaginative, although it was well-spoken. I will say that. Knew a lot of words. But anyway, basically it was the standard separation of church and state, blah, blah, blah. But he attributed it to the religious wars of Great Britain, which may have been a factor, but not a big one. Right, um, but historically, he said it was historically myopic, right, or myopic, however you want to say it. Um, he said it was dangerously ignorant to believe in the church and state or whatever, not separating church and state and um, basing your 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 state on a religion. And I will tell you, the opposite is very true. That he said he went on to say, "You're pitting brother against brother." That um, she was a woman from Texas and she didn't even bother to mention uh, the massacre. And he was going to unfriend her. I was like, well, all you've lost there is a little bit of hot air. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of tragic that he doesn't understand. I mean, the point being that um, they were trying to get away from the religious persecution of Europe at that time. But that's all right. He didn't, anyway, there's another woman who responded to the man, and she didn't even bother to respond intelligently herself. She just quoted another man, and she posted that. And the man's post that she posted was, I don't know, man. Maybe some dudes from the 1700s who owned people would be mystified by the side of a, who would be mystified by the side of a dishwasher weren't right about everything in perpetuity. 
Okay, that was her response to the idea that the promise of God was, um, no, excuse me, that was a promise that we returned to Christian values and uh, Christian beliefs. Now, then I'm not going to a discussion about church and state because I could and I probably will at some point, but other people have said it better, um, you know, but uh, I I do, I just point it out because I want you to understand the views of our future leaders. I want you to understand how skewed they are, how uneducated they are, how misinformed or maybe miseducated they are, what a revisionist history they have. But the second quote reveals something about what I mean by the arrogance of the ignorant. It is true that our founders wouldn't know how to use a dishwasher. They had no electricity, didn't have any of that. So the second, you know, um, it's also true that a dishwasher is just a machine. It has nothing to do with wisdom or understanding. The knowledge of a dishwasher does not constitute uh, superiority, doesn't constitute any kind of, you know, great wisdom or insight or understanding of human nature. Just gives an, it, it gives the illusion of advancement. It's just an advanced tool, but it, that's an illusion. In the past, I've already discussed slavery. I don't want to go into it right now. It was horrific pra- practice. It's also very common. I don't see any point in revisiting it. It's a shame on our past, but um, I think a lot of the discussion about slavery today is so that we don't have to. We can avoid discussing the slavery. I mean, the slavery argument about the past is so we can avoid discussing slavery that occurs today. So uh, you know. But anyway, I want to stop. You know. Um, I think that people want to hide from that and pretend it doesn't exist. And um, I don't want to. I don't want to go off onto slavery again. Where am I in my notes? I think I've lost my place in my notes. Hold on. All right. So I did, in fact, like lose my place or whatever. But anyway, I could go on with illustrations of kind of the craziness of our world right now. Ad nauseum. I mean, I got a ton of them. Keep on going. Ad infinitum. Isn't that the word or whatever? But anyway, I guess my my point is that. Um, what I want to say to you, though, is that I started the podcast with the observation that times are changing, and, um, it, and we're living in kind of an unsettled time. It feels sort of scary, I think, overall to a lot of us, and it feels like we're waiting for some sort of huge catastrophe to occur, maybe a nuclear bomb from Russia, maybe a declaration of war from China against somebody, maybe it's a... Um, a the United States just implodes. I don't know what happens. But, I mean, as we sit here, it feels like I think there's a, a general fear that there is something big just over the horizon, and it's very big and very bad. And so we laugh and we talk and we wait, and it's kind of antsy and nervous. And we're hoping that somebody or someone intelligent will come along and stop all the madness of our world today. You know? And I don't think our gloom and doom is all unfounded. And so that's why I'm doing this podcast. I said it was kind of hard at the beginning to talk about all this. And it's because what I'm saying is hard for us to hear. Chaos is not from God, right? And we don't want to say that, okay? But, but because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, right? Anyway, the jarring discourse of our times, this, 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 all that we hear and all that's going on, all the jarring discourse in our time, this, this conflict that's created is chaotic. You know, and, and most of what, we, what is called knowledge today is based on false ideas and false assumptions. So, um, you know, I think I've pointed out before, I know I have, as a matter of fact, that knowledge apart from God is at best partial. Often it's completely wrong. And we see a lot of that kind of knowledge today. It's, it's around us and it's exacerbated by this arrogance, this, this incredible arrogance that our young people have. And they're so proud of how little they know. They're talking and I want to go, oh, see, that's just a special kind of stupid sometimes. You know? 
They're quite sanctimonious in their ignorance. And, I, I, and I'm not laughing about that. Let me be careful. I'm not laughing about that because I think it's terrifying. They're creating a future for themselves that's hellish. You know, they don't seem to be even knowledgeable about that. The inability to reason uh, or to think anything through, right? Um, for the intellect to work correctly, uh, you know, uh, they don't, they're not even aware. It, I mean, it's scary. There's it, their inability, the inability of their intellect to work correctly is, is scary because, I'm going to make sure I say this correctly, because it reveals it's a sign of the darkness within them. It doesn't matter how sweet and wonderful and adorable we think our child is. I want us to understand that the inability to think through something logically or the inability to see what is true or to be able to uh, be rational or reasonable, that's a sign of darkness. That is not a sign of advancement or it's not a sign of, like, um, uh, when I say superior intellect, it's a sign of darkness. And it comes with arrogance and pride, right? And pride, remember, I was talking to a friend, we used to have all these truisms, and they came out. Most of them came out of scripture. Pride comes before a fall. Pride goes before a fall. Anyway, I want to go. You know, bad things are coming because there's a lot of pride out there right now, and uh, and and they're at pride in our ignorance, pride in our arrogance, pride in our superiority, pride in our advancement. None of which are accurate. You know, the word culture comes from the Latin root for cultivate. Okay, so we have cultivated a society of ignorance and self-obsession and a society of self-delusion. And at the same time, we've cultivated arrogance while we do that. We've, it's arrogance in people with little, uh, with little knowledge and understanding of anything important. And they're talking about dishwashers instead of the wisdom of humanity and the wisdom to understand what the human creature is. It's really, it's really amazing to me that we have, that we have these, these sorts of... Um, lacks these sort of breaks in, in intellect and in understanding and in insight. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know, our children don't know how to think, and you know what that does? Our grandchildren, whatever, it makes them so gullible they will believe anything. And right now, what that, that we've done is we've thrown open the doors of American society by cultivating fertile ground for evil to move and to grow. I think we need to sit back and recognize that that is what we are seeing in our society today. We are seeing what happens to people. Um, and, and I want to say that we need to make sure that it, these we understand these are people that God loves, right? But this is what happens to people when we defer to the wisdom of human beings over the wisdom of God, you know? And I, I want to be clear. The enemy that we face is not human, but the enemy we face is the evil force that's moving across our land unchecked because of the ignorance and arrogance of those who are blind, who have trusted too much in the world. When we know who the true enemy is, then we know how to fight. And in this case, we also know what the income, what the outcome is going to be. We don't have to fight with all the, our friends and neighbors. We don't have to fight with our children. We don't have to fight with... We know that the, the ones we were fighting against, the one we were fighting against is the evil one. Victory goes to Jesus because he defeated death at the resurrection. And in the end, God wins. That's what you need to hang on to and hold on to. That's the end of the story. I want to close with four quick points because I've talked too long and I've talked too fast and I've got to go and I'm running late already. I'm having a hard time getting the podcast done, blah, 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 blah. I want to close with four quick points. First, we've got to start taking the gospel more seriously. 
And by that, I'm meaning that we have to live it in our own lives. The other day, I was I saw something on the Global Methodist Church, and some man commented on that. He said, oh, good, I'm so glad we're starting in the Global Methodist Church because we'll never have to talk about homosexuality again. I was like, well, maybe not. Maybe we won't have to do that anymore, but it's time. If we're not going to talk about that, maybe we ought to start talking about Christian sexuality, about the sanctity of marriage, about the what, what Jesus had to say about divorce and what they, what the scriptures say about premarital sex. We ought to talk about affairs and, the, and that sort of thing. Or, or you know, we're going to have to talk about Christian sexuality in general. Otherwise, we're completely hypocritical. What are you doing talking about somebody else's homosexuality if you're not going to talk about your, like, premarital sex or your extramarital affairs or your, um, you know, um, I don't know, the same, anyways, thank you, marriage. My, my point, it, our, all our divorces, then, oh, yeah, wait, wait, so... And moreover, when I say that we need to take these things seriously, we have to live it out in our own lives. I'm not talking about just sexual morality. That's my illustration. That was, oh, good, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Oh, but we have all the rest of this to talk about. Now, let's focus on how Christian we're actually being. Otherwise, we're hypocrites. In every aspect of our lives, we need to be imitators of Jesus Christ in every way we can. And that's not just limited to sexual morality. And if we're really prayerful, then we might be humble enough occasionally to succeed in being like Jesus. The second thing that I want to say is that we need to... Trust the wisdom that is revealed in the prayerful searching of Scripture. Okay, we need to begin to practice the restraining evil. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, the Scripture is full of it, you know, and we need to know how individually, collectively, to restrain evil around us, to, to combat evil. Not to, not to defeat human beings, but to combat evil, right? The greatest tool of the evil one is the refusal to believe in his existence, and there are a lot of us who don't really believe in his existence, or we don't really, we just don't want to think about it, all right? And the result is that there is a blindness to truth. Evil can move freely, right? We have irrationality and chaos. You tired of it yet? When are you going to say it and go, oh, you know what? That's the presence of evil. We, all this hatred and division, oh, presence of evil. There we go. Well, we need to separate um, from the influences of evil, and we need to pull away from that. We do not need to hate. You do not want to burn the bridges behind you that, that are needed to draw people to Jesus Christ. In other words, you want to lead people out of the darkness into the light. You want to lead people out of hate into love, out, well, out of hate into truth, actually. And you want to lead them into, from despair into hope. So don't burn the bridges by hating when you separate off from evil. The third thing I want to say is that we need to make sure that we're surrounded by others who can pray with us, who can, who can talk with us and hold us accountable for our behavior. Are you really serious about the gospel? Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm really serious about doing nothing and wasting time, you know. But we need to be serious about the gospel. We have lived in a secular world for so long. We look for secular answers to things. And there is nothing in secularism to combat the spiritual forces of evil. It doesn't matter how much medication you use or how many counselors you call in, you need to be able to address evil. M. Scott Peck figured that out before he died. That's correct. Anyway, there's nothing in secularism to combat that. So we need to be able to understand for ourselves what that means. And we need to learn together how to seek understanding with other Christians so that we are living in time, you know, that we can we know how to combat evil and we can stand firm against it. We're going to stay steady, remember? The Apostle John wrote this in his first letter, and I hope that I can read this correctly. Beloved, we do not, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. 
This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Okay, I want to pause right there and say the spirit of the Antichrist runs through every generation. You quit looking for one person. And the Antichrist is in everybody around us and around and ourselves. When we do not even, you know, even as Christians, we deny Jesus on a regular basis. We say, you know, well, yeah, so he's the son of God and, you know, he came from God in the flesh and stuff. And then we live secular lives. That's a form of the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist in us when we live like that, a secular life in the middle of believing and confessing Jesus as our Savior, the son of God. All right. Let's go on. Verse 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. All right? The, the spirit of the Antichrist. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay, this is really important for us to grasp. Greater is he who that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So you don't don't need to worry about that, right? But you also need to be able to identify what is true and what is false in the world. You know, and people in the world listen to worldly things and say, "Oh, here, this is really smart." And people who are, who are from God, Christians who are born of God, right? Listen to things of God. So when I say to you, you need to be surrounded by people around you, that you need to have prayerful searching of scriptures, that you need to hold one another accountable and practice restraining evil. This is what I'm talking about because this is not part of the world. This is part of this is part of the gospel of Christ, right? We will know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth, right, will triumph. This is supposed to be the description of, of church life, and it needs to be recovered in every Christian church today. We shouldn't have lost it. And the testing of scriptures of the spirits is not the condemnation of people. It's a, the testing of the spirit is, is which spirit is leading a person. You know, is it Christ or is it evil? We need to condemn evil, but we do not condemn a person. Anything that denies Jesus Christ, including ourselves, is the spirit of the Antichrist. That's kind of a redundant, a repetitious, I guess. But anyway... The thing to remember is that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In other words, God is greater than Satan and all of his minions. The fourth thing that I would say to you is you need to make sure you know and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not enough to say, I believe. To the contrary, we are being called to live, not simply to believe. And we cannot live what we do not know. Right? We want the faith that's passed down from the saints, and we need not to we need not need the interpretations of modernity, and we certainly do not need the reinterpretation of postmodernity. By definition, that's chaos. We need to understand the scripture alongside the ancient creeds because nothing has changed. Remember, in the twenty first century, we are now dating back to the twentieth century. Congrats! I mean, to the two thousand years ago, the first century, we just backed up socially. So there's we don't have any problem at all as Christians going back and picking that up. To go back and trust what the creeds teach us, what Christians have believed from all times and all places, and hold on to that and hold fast to that. Now, I have to admit that I think that whatever is coming is going to be exciting. It's likely to be costly. It's likely to be painful. And it's likely to make us unhappy. But at the same time, I think we will see Jesus in our midst in ways we haven't before. We'll see that the Spirit of God will move through the faithful and powerful ways. And if you suffer for Jesus Christ, then you can know that you truly belong to him. He said we'd suffer. So don't be afraid, for God goes before you and he follows behind you. Jesus told us, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. You'd rather be afraid of the one who destroys both soul and body in hell. You know, moving through these podcasts, you guys, and I began with God as creator so you know that you're safe. Indeed you are, right? If you stay close to God, who created and saves and redeems, then it's all going to work out in the long haul. You may not be able to see it now, but it will. 
From the reality of God, we move to the reality of evil, for that explains the chaos and the darkened minds of today, the irrationality and the vitriol that have arisen in the vacuum by those who would deny everything spiritual. Do not be afraid. We live each moment instead with the certainty that Christ is present, right? And the Spirit dwells in you, and that God will meet all the need, all your needs out of his abundance. And that includes giving you the words you need when you need them. And in the end, he'll call you into himself and welcome you home. I'm going to close with prayer right there because I've given you a whole lot to think about. I hope I've given you something to think about. That's the goal. Anyway, it's a scary time. It's an exciting time. But I believe we're going to see God move mightily. I think it's a time an opportunity because they're about to be people in a world of hurt. And you have the gospel, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ to give hope to the world. So stand firm, hold fast, don't lose, don't don't give up, you know, hold steady. Here it comes. It's going to be good. Don't waver. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Have mercy upon me, a sinner, and save me. I ask you, O God, to call your people to lift our eyes to you, that we may see your glory. Send your Spirit to walk with us, to guide our steps, and to remind us throughout each day of your infinite wisdom, as well as the safety we find in the shelter of your love. These things we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Until next time, you guys, y'all be blessed. You hear? You have just heard the latest podcast with Elizabeth Moreau. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or whatever service you might use. Please rate, review, and share this podcast with others. Be sure to look us up on Facebook and like and share this podcast with your friends. Also, if you appreciate this ministry, please consider making a donation to Servants Feast Christian Ministry through our website. Join us next time as we continue to explore God's truth as it speaks to our world today with transforming love for all people.